Oh, oh hey, we're starting. Oh, Oh yeah! Yeah, most shows give the uh, co-host a heads up. They just go. You know, oh, that's all right, buddy. What? You afraid to like wing it? Yeah. Huh? You have to be spoon-fed? No, I just like every no. cue, every like beat. Huh? That's How usually what I say. And you, oh, uh, oh um, and I'm Ira. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Andy. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the movies that take the piss out of Hollywood. Take the piss out of Hollywood. Yeah, that's that's real good, Robert. And uh, the reason you're that's saying a, that is oh, come because... Come on. No. That's a British saying. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, how does yeah, that British take, saying go? When you're taking the piss out of somebody? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'm aware of that. You're you teaching me a British expression. Uh, okay. So when you say I'm, you're taking the piss out of something, that means you're, you're like, like, you're fucking with You're somebody. razzing it. Yeah. You're giving it a yeah. hard time. Yeah. Take, and that's really good because it does work. Oh, no, it really good. does. Now it's really good. It takes the piss out of Hollywood. <laughs> and that's really good, Robert, because the movie we're discussing this week is. Oh, what's the name of it? It's oh, 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 Super yeah. Supernature? Well, super Nature. Super Nature. Super. This is the Ricky Gervais comedy special. Yes, his latest ones. That's if only it. I had it written in front of me. Oh, here it is. You have it's it, just, and they're in order. All my sheets are in order. To the previous one. Yeah, Supernature. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. See, I take good care of you. Yeah. I my goal is to make you look good, and to make you sound good. Yeah, but I have to actually That's... read this stuff in order to make myself look. good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I just I'm gonna need it a little a little bit easier than that. I'll even, spoon feed you even, even more. easier than you printing out a hard copy. Of <sighs> what else can I do for you? All right. Well, you yeah. can tell me what the top five is this week. Mm, that's right. This week, and you. And this is good because <laughs> funny blokes. Now, listen. Okay. I like funny blokes. However, I know. I've heard that about uh, you. Yeah. Uh, blokes I read meaning, that on a bathroom stall. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For a good time, call this context as a funny bloke. Um, that they need oh, to be ink. Bloke. bloke. Oh, blo- I'm sorry. Blo- a funny blow? Uh-huh. What? You're going for a funny blow? What? Is that what you're saying? What are you saying? Were you implying that I'm like- I don't know what you're talking about. Gay? Is that what you're saying? Uh, is there an implication? <laughs> Must you even ask? <laughs> um, implication that they are, of course, English, the people we're coming up with. And one thing we left out of our two-word topic, funny blokes, that they have to be in movies. We didn't really say that, but I think that's implied because yeah. this podcast is about movies. But we it didn't. Say, <laughs> but we didn't say funny blokes. Just funny blokes. Yeah. Im- implication in I movies. I don't think it was just kind of, oh, there's this guy named Fred. He's really hilarious. I think the implication <laughs> well, is... Well, no, they could just do stand-up comedy and not have been in a film, but I'm saying they need to be in a movie. I think that was the implication. Although, if you pick some stand-up specials, I wouldn't freak out. But no, I didn't. no, no. It's a, I pick movies. We talk about movies, so I think that's... Our, yeah, that's well, stand-up special is a... I think that's a movie. That's what we're reviewing this week. Oh, well, you're saying it's a special on Netflix, yes. But what about all the people who do stand-up comedy and don't have a, networks, a Netflix special? See what I mean? Right. They wouldn't belong on the list because they don't do movies. Right. So they have to do a Netflix special? It doesn't have to be Netflix. Oh. But it needs to be a, a, a movie, if you will. Oh, okay. Whether it's 60 minutes, an hour and a half, or even 53 minutes or 47. Wait, what if it's a short? That would count. That would count? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we've done short films on here. Yeah, are we going to? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you think we're going to overlap? Uh, uh, I, I, there are a few I think we will. Maybe. I, did you come up with any women? I made a real concerted effort to come up. Well, it's funny blokes. Well, I call them blokeettes. <laughs> They're blokeettes. Hey, you blokeette, you. You're funny. No. Well, first of all, it, there's two reasons why it shouldn't be women. It's blokes, and it's also funny. I mean, come on, there's two so reasons So your implication why now, you have another implication that women are not funny. Ira, you mm. if you have to explain the joke. <laughs> Some women are funny. Okay, yeah. Look so, 
let's talk about last time. Yeah, last top five. Top five last week. Women with gun movies, although as I like to say it, pistol packing pussies. <laughs> oh, how I love the alliteration. I know you do. We got so much great feedback. One of our favorite listeners, <clears throat> Kelly, uh, she pointed out, and again, you know what she does? I nailed her on this. After you nailed she, her? Yeah, I did. Well, mm. yeah. I, she said her five, and then we had a brouhaha, and I said, Kelly, I think you're responding to my question here on Facebook without having first listened to the podcast. She went, oh, I guess I'm supposed to do that first. So that's the reason why there's overlapping. Oh. She comes up, she does a knee jerk. She does it, she loves it, and she, boom. And then three minutes later, she gives me a response without having first listened. So she's at point of no return. By the way, that was a really good movie. That was, what's her, Jane Fonda's daughter. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it was in that movie. Bridget Fonda. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fury Road. And again, we do that. Thelma and Louise. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I said, Atomic Blonde and Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Yeah. One of our other favorite listeners says, wow, this week I had to dig deep because you guys said all my first picks. So here it goes. Foxy Brown. Nice. That's really good. Bitch Slap. I've never seen it. I, but you've heard of it, huh? Sin City. Yeah. She, she, now, the movie Lucy. Do you remember Lucy? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. done by our favorite director. It's Luc Besson. Yeah. Yeah. But that was starring, what's her name? Yes. Yeah. What's her name? <laughs> I don't know. You, she's your girl. She's my girl? Yeah. Scarlett? Yeah. Johansson. Scarlett J. You know, it's a weird movie. Atom uh, Lucy is kind of goofy. It is. Especially the ending, the climax. It gets weird yeah. and stuff. It's it, it, I, it's not my favorite. It's not my In favorite fact, either. I wouldn't even say it's very good. No, it's not a good movie. It was one of my least favorite of Luc Besson movies. And the whole last 20 minutes is absurd. And she becomes everything in the world, and she's all over on everyone's cell phones. Yeah. And it's too much. It's too much. Oh, she even goes back in time and looks at cavemen. Do you remember that? She's like in a no. chair. And she, the cavemen are staring at her. Now she's back in time. She's all over. She's everything. It's kind of silly, I think. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. I think Luc Besson is one of the directors that works better when he's constrained. Like when, when he's given free reign... It doesn't. He's he. In that sense, he reminds me of like Spielberg. I think Spielberg actually works better. Yeah. When he's constrained. Yeah. When you have, I mean, George Lucas, no doubt. Like, some of these directors need a budget placed on them, and they need you. You don't have access to this, that, and the other, and start getting inventive, and and they start thinking of creative ideas. That's when they do their better work. And also having a good editor who can reel you in and. Yeah. Get rid of some chunks of the movie that I mean, we that, don't need. Well, I'm, I don't think you saw it, but there was a... Um, I'll look it up. There's The the name of the movie escapes me because it's it's a, like a long, complicated name. But Luc Besson had been wanting to do this uh, movie for a long time, and he finally got permission to do it, and it just sucked. It was awful. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Okay. I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Um, oh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Huh. Do you remember that movie? No, I don't. Yeah, so it was, it like came and went real fast. And it was just, it was like, what the fuck is this? And it was, it was kind of, it was trying to like start a whole new cinematic universe. And it was this whole, I don't know, just, it was very confusing, but it was, um, it's like another kind of superhero thing, but it was. Uh, yeah, just what we need. And not like, kind of like a Star Wars, yeah. intergalactic, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We don't need it. He's best when he's reeled in. Yeah. He's best when he's reeled when he, in. When he has constraints that are put on him from either a budget or uh, time or something like that, that's right. when he does his best stuff. I right, think. right, right. 
So, yeah, Lucy, which was a huge disappointment. It always reminded me of Limitless. Remember the movie Limitless, mm-hmm. which was really a good movie. And it was the same basic premise about accelerating your brain. Mm-hmm. But Limitless was good and Lucy wasn't. Okay, then she wrote also Bikini Bandits. Um, I never heard of Bikini Bandits, but it's a movie that I certainly should be aware of. And then she also said Doll Squad, also known as Seduce and Destroy. And then at the bottom she wrote, as always, nice podcast. All right. And now we get to our esoteric listener. She goes, you guys had the nerve to doubt one of my choices last time? Uh-oh. Or on Return of the Jedi, Luke does ask, is Darth Vader my father? So we, we got the sentiment of it, but we weren't sure if that line was actually said as a question. And she contends, oh, yes, it was. And then she wrote, so there. All right. This week's choices. She said, Romeo is bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Red 2. Mm-hmm. Planet Terror. Red 2 was, uh, oh, what's her name? And and what's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, what? but I still get red and reds. Wait, this is <laughs> that's a horrible mistake, isn't that it? That is a horrible yeah. mistake. That's like yeah. you know that so, reds. Reds is one of my least favorite movies. I know of all that. Time. I know that. I remember that. That's why I said it. That movie is near unwatchable. Right. Right. It's awful. The only redeeming fact factor is Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. he's okay, but it was bloated. Oh my gosh, it was just yeah. Going on and on, it was awful. And fucking Warren Beatty was an awful choice for that role. I mean, it wasn't his film. I think he directed. I it think too. so. I think so. The yeah. Fuck, are you doing? Yeah. So she said, Red Two, Planet Terror, which I mentioned last time, mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell, which we spoke about in GI Jane. Someone else wrote, Faye Dunaway, Bonnie and Clyde. And then one of our favorite listeners said, Okay, this is for Ira, Barb Wire. And then he said, Nude nuns with big guns. Is that really the name of a movie? Yeah. You, yeah. Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> I have the Blu-ray. Uh, and then his girlfriend wrote, uh, is, he says, his girlfriend inspires me to say bad girls. And then the girlfriend chimed in. And she said, Ira, I'll be disappointed if you have yet to watch bad girls, as I suggested, months ago. And then he said, I think two movies that fit the idea best are movies that I didn't enjoy. That makes me think of Sucker Punch and Birds of Prey. Neither of them are on my list. I like Sucker Punch. <clears throat> I have Sucker Punch. Mm-hmm. You got it for me, I think. Yeah, I think you movie. got it for me. All right. Okay. And I, I like what this one, same guy. And he said, before I get to my top five, he wanted to list specific actresses who were known for gun-toting bitches. Oh. <laughs> and here's what he came up with. Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Kate Blackensale. Mila. Uh, who? I'm sorry? Uh, yeah. Beck, Beckinsale. There me go. and last names. Um. Uh, Mila Jojovich, Charlize Theron, and Angelina Jolie. Hey, I got three Angelina Jolly? Uh, Jolly. Jolly. <laughs> oh, why my name is Angelina, and I really like Brad. Yup, 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 yup. And then he finally got down with the top five. And you know what? I can't wait to share his number one with you. Don't look ahead yet. Okay. Wait till we get there. Right. Oh. He really came through on his number one, which I love. He wrote, Ira, you're going to love this one. Here are my top five. Hannah, of all the young girls trained to be assassin movies, this one is my favorite. That's pretty good. And you know what? Yeah. Number two, four, Tank Girl. I have a thing for Lori Petty, and it was fun. Yeah. Uh, Number three, Full Metal Jacket. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the entire third act resolves around a female sniper. It's funny. I don't think of that movie having a third act. It's kind of act one, act two. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I know. But I know what he means that, yeah, in the last part of the second half was yeah, a female snapper. It's interesting, like, you know, most people don't realize, and I don't, I don't think I realized either, she's she's 10. That girl is supposed to be a 10-year-old girl, that sniper. I think most people look at her as just a young, 
woman, like, you know, 18 or 19. Wow. But the actual actress was like 10 years old when they shot that. It was wow. supposed to be a little girl. Wow. And I don't think it reads quite as well as it as it should. I don't think she reads No, like a I girl. I remember watching it um and I thought she was like 18. No. I thought she was like an 18 yeah. year old. You know what She's I mean? Young. Literally oh 10. Oh my and they, god. It's one of the few times I wish I knew that. Mm-hmm. That would have added another layer of when they Ugh. shot the scene where she gets killed, um, they shot they shot the, the scene and the squibs exploded and everything, and they were gonna set up to do another take. And the actress she like started crying, and Kubrick was like, "Okay, we're done. And wow. he's like, we're not we're not doing it anymore." And it's one of the few times that I'm he surprised really, Kubrick actually yeah. caved into that. But I think I, I think the myth and the lore about Kubrick has. It's grown. It's made him into this yeah. monster, yes. and just yes. and I don't think it's really like that. I yeah. think he's he was much more human, and I think he he d- had a different approach, and he definitely was intimidating and had a probably an, an angry streak, but also was probably pretty compassionate. Definitely understood. I'm not going to fuck this girl up for life because right. of a movie. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and again, and I know we talked about this once before, but I always thought it was an overreaction. When, um, uh, what's her name? The, the horror movie, what The Shining. Yeah, and Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall blames him for having had a nervous breakdown and not working again. She her career is kind of zeroed out, and he actually moved to Texas or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's on a farm with cattle. Um, I there were issues going on. Maybe he was an element or a factor. But to blame him for what well, happened I'll to tell her you, was pretty... I mean, I, don't, I started to get so off yeah, track, but yeah. I don't think she was a very strong actress. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of got... There was a frailty about yeah. her. And I think I think he got halfway into the movie and realized, fuck, she's not pulling this off. Yeah. And we're just going to have to keep doing this and doing this and doing this. And also, her character is supposed to be on edge. She's supposed to be losing it. So I'm going to make her lose it. And I'm just going to push her to that point yeah. where she loses it. Yeah. And I think that's what he was trying to do, and it worked. Yeah, yeah. So that's what she, she lashes out at him um, for what supposedly he caused. You know, what, you sent me a video about Full Metal Jacket, and I never made this connection that the recruit who we follow, especially in the first act, his last name is Pyle. Pyle, that's his name, the character. Well, that's name. his, Gomer, Gomer well, Pyle well, is named after that. So I was going to say, which came, the Gomer Pyle, who was also a bit of a doofus in the TV show, Gomer Powell, USMC. Yeah. So did Cooper, which came first? Full Metal, I'm really Gomer serious. Gomer Pyle in the 1960s <laughs> or so Full Metal Cooper, Jacket in the 1980s? Cooper called the character Pyle as an homage, not that's the wrong word, but just an association. The show was on in the 60s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I know. Full the Metal Jacket came out yes. in the 70s. I know, I know. And filmed in the 80s. I know. So, having said all that, that was obviously a conscious choice to call the character Pyle. Right. As a tipping a hat to that character well, from the TV show. The character is an weird. idiot, and it's kind of, all right, yeah, you're yeah. like Private Pyle. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Well, so, I don't, I don't know which one came first. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you listening? The show was in the 1960s. The movie was made in the 80s. It takes place in the 70s. Which do you think came for... See, I can repeat back Now you're you making say. sense. Oh, we finally! All I have to do is mimic you and I'm good. 
<laughs> All right. So Full Metal Jacket, the film. And then his number two, he said Monster Charlize Theron. Nice. That's really nice. good. Yeah. Uh, she won the Oscar for playing the serial killer. Yeah. Um, and then he said, listen to this, Robert. I was blown away by his number one. I'm really proud of my number one, he wrote. She only handles the gun for a second, but it is basically the climax of the film, High Noon, Princess Grace. Nice. And you know what? Yeah. When I read that, I thought... That's fu- I wish That's I was jealous one. I didn't come up with that. We we critiqued that movie uh, about uh, what a half a year ago. She saves the day even though she's a pacifist, she finally stands by her man. True. I love that. Yep. Yeah, I love that. One more one of but our She's a Quaker, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She was religious, she was a Quaker, she was a pacifist, anti-gun, and when the whole town turned into a bunch of weasels and uh, cowards. Yeah. They're all cowards, except for that one kid. Remember that one kid? Yeah. And there was the drunk guy in jail, I think. He said, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, whatever. I'll help you out. I think that was the car- Yeah, but yeah. that was it. The whole town turned their backs on him, and it was his girlfriend. She came back on the train. Isn't that right? I think she was on a train. She came back. Yeah, with, a, I think with so. a rifle. Well, they they were riding out of town. Yes, on the carriage. And then he yes. turned around. Yes, and then she that's got on it. the train. I that's think. it. So yeah, no, no. She went to the she went to the hotel, and the the madam of the hotel was like, "If it was me, I'd stand by my man." Like that's what did it. Yeah. Do not forsake me, oh my darling. That's a fucking good no, movie, man. It really, really is. And again, I know I'm repeating myself, but when when Matt said that, I thought. That's fucking great. It's not the first thing that would come to mind when you think about a, a gun-toting woman. Yeah. Yeah. I like and, that. You know, I have to say it. Yeah. She's a piece of... Oh, know, yeah. She's a little bit of all right. Yeah. And she left Hollywood mm-hmm. to become a princess and, remember and died we just, in a car crash. But not right after she left. And we, everyone, we talked about this. We I thought, thought she, it was like a f- couple months. Did you think it was like, and it, it really was wasn't. Like, she was like an old lady. I know. <laughs> I don't know if she's an old lady, but years have gone by since well, she, she was like in her 50s or 60s. Is that an old lady? It, well, I mean. Wait, in on, 50s or 60s, you're an old lady. Compared to then, what we're looking what at. What am I? <laughs> <laughs> a young lady. <laughs> you're a young lady. <laughs> that's something you had said, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's weird how we all thought the car crash happened like after a few months yeah. of leaving Hollywood. No, no. Hey, look at our this last person. Um, someone we both know, and she said Terminator 2. Edge of Tomorrow. Nice. I love that film. Yeah. I love this. Still talk about a sequel. Wait, you mean Live, Die, Repeat? Yeah, that, repeat, repeat. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, you say repeat twice. That's and, for the sequel. Yes, yes, for the sequel, part two. Gun. Have you ever heard of Gunpowder Milkshake? No. I haven't. I haven't. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, and The Matrix and Underworld. Yeah, all right. The, we thank our listeners. That's hey, man, good. you want to talk about super nature? And Robert, talk us through it. There's not really much to talk <laughs> about here. This, yes. this is just a pretty straightforward comedy set by Ricky Gervais. Uh, but I guess what's worth noting is that this is, this is kind of his... Um, I, I don't know that he started out as kind of a, a, a firebrand of bucking the, the system. But it seems like he hosted so many of these Golden Globes that yeah. that started to become his... What his he was known signature. for. Right. Am I wrong on that? No, it doesn't right. seem like that's how he started out. You're right. But he kind of segued into that. Yeah. And now I guess that's what he's known for. And yeah. This was was more of what he's known for. But I, I have to say, I laughed out loud several times in this. I thought there were I did too. a lot of really good moments in it. Um, you know, I think some of it was a little trite. I'd heard other comedians express similar concepts. Um, and better. And better, but 
there I think the thing that's worth noting is that very few comedians are out there having a successful career and saying stuff like this in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there are some comedians out there, uh, you know, Ryan Long, um, Andrew Schultz. They're, they're comedians that are up and coming that I think are really gaining traction by saying similar kind of concepts. Um, but I think really Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle are, are the two prominent voices in basically just saying, fuck off. Like, what is all this? Right, right. And I really like, I'm sorry. Cut no, off. go ahead. Go ahead. There was a moment in this where he says, I, I, I am basically trying to play a character and do whatever I can. I'll say whatever I can to make the joke funnier. I'll put in, put on whatever role in order to make it funnier. And if I need to be, you know, slightly racist in order to make it funnier, if I need to be slightly more woke or whatever the, the role would be to make the whole situation more plausible more more funny more amusing then i'll do that and i really like the i think both he and dave Chappelle are kind of giving us a little window into what it's like to be a comedian and and they're they're touching on this line of how they're not just doing comedy but how comedy should be done mm. and i think that's interesting i think that that um mm-hmm. th- they're making a statement to other comedians of here's how we should be yeah, moving yeah, forward yeah. With, this, with this art form. What are your thoughts? So you liked it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I liked it. I did too. This is an interesting thing I want to mention too, that usually, Robert, when I don't see a movie with you in preparation for podcasts, I tend to see it then for, therefore by myself. This time I was with a group of people. Oh. And you know, as you know, laughter, all emotions when you watch media are contagious when yeah. you're with a group. And we laughed out loud. We, there were like five, six, and we, we all laughed out loud and, uh, as opposed to watching it by myself. And I did think parts were laugh out loud, funny, and I liked it. However, you've often said, and I jumped on this immediately, that Dave Chappelle is like a philosopher of mm-hmm. our time. I don't have that same feeling. You don't feel that way? Uh, not quite. And I felt this was very good and I liked it. But it was a stand-up routine. I do feel like it's more jokes. That's it. You can appreciate what I'm saying, can't you? Yeah. It was a really well-done stand-up routine. Yeah. And it didn't have the same philosophy as as, as a Dave Chappelle. It wasn't quite there. Well, and I think think it's fair to put them in the same category. But Dave Chappelle is almost in his own category. Like, what he's doing is leading a charge. And... It almost feels like Ricky Gervais is going, well, yeah, I kind of agree, but I don't think he's he's trying not trying to spearhead a movement. But I can I get that sense from Dave Chappelle. You know, in, in Dave Chappelle's last stand up, he was talking about how, um, you know, he's not he's not anti trans, but he is like he's talking about the people in his tribe and the people his his people are comedians. And he has to preserve that. He has to protect that. And I think that's how he sees it is the people in his group, comedians, are under attack and they're not able to say what they want and express themselves in the way that they want. Which I, I'm not sure that I totally agree with. I think in part because of his work that he's done to basically make it more acceptable. Um, but I do feel like there's a a decent amount of people that are starting to kind of push back on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't think we're, we're going to get back to where we were, probably where we should be. I don't think we're going to get back to the the era where someone like Richard Pryor could get up and deliver his routine because he just says so many offensive things. And Eddie Murphy, you look at Raw, a lot of that material you would never say now. And, and I don't know if maybe you, they could say it because they were black and the black community has just like different expectations and um, you know you could make a, a a more you could make gay jokes to a black audience and they typically will go along with you more than a a white audience would but yeah, i don't know i just i, I feel like uh, the comedy times have changed yeah yeah i like this movie a lot i felt dave chappelle was on a different level even when he's talking about that one tranny girl that he befriended who who uh, committed suicide. Remember mm-hmm. all that? And it was more ingrained and organic somehow. And I just felt like there was more of Dave coming across. It was more personalized. And that's why, again, I like this movie. And it was a very good stand-up 60 minutes. And I liked it. But uh, it wasn't quite in the same league as Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I, I feel like if you go back and look at Dave Chappelle's early work, yeah. it's a lot more jokes uh-huh, similar to this. Uh-huh. And I think there was some sort of break that happened where he just said, and maybe it was when he left his his show uh, and just said, you know what, I, I need to say something. Instead of just making jokes, let's actually have a point. Yeah. And let's, let's focus this a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, And, <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of the best jokes that Ricky Gervais had in his special, he was talking about how women aren't funny, and he said he was kind of making a joke about, well, can can anybody think of any famous, you know, uh, funny women? And he said, well, Eddie Izzard, and, you know, which is obviously yeah hilarious because Eddie was for so long a man. And I thought about it, and I said, you know, I think Eddie Izzard also is someone that has the capability of being this strong philosopher but the problem is he's just too scattered in <coughs> in the performance there's there's jokes that are just all over the place but eddie could focus that down and make it have more of a philosophical underpinning similar to dave uh and and i think i think eddie Esther could be a stronger comedian mm-hmm. than what is currently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out there yeah 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 Anyway, I like a lot of the things Ricky was saying. He was obviously poking fun at uh, even the title Super Nature. And that was a play on words because he has Ricky Gervais has little tolerance for the supernatural. Right. And so, something we spoke about, are, you know, the signs. Well, of the it Zodiac. was tolerance. It was tolerance for other people. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I disagree. I, I don't. He he has tolerance. It's like, look, do whatever you want. Just yeah, but he's making fun. Of him. Yeah, right. He's making fun. of him. Right. That's what I meant. That's what I meant by it. Yeah, making fun of um, whether it's uh, you know what sign are you, the zodiac, and I, I guess he's an atheist also. I think he's I think that's what was coming across. Yeah, he said that didn't he? And so the thing is, his thesis was to embrace nature, that what is real. So it was super nature as mm-hmm. opposed to supernatural on the other side. And I I was on board for a lot of what he was saying. Um, you know, I liked it in the last twenty minutes where he started laughing himself, mm-hmm. and I thought. He's not really laughing at his own jokes. He's laughing at the absurdity of what's going on. Right. Yes. And I like that. I like that. 
It's like, what? What? You're no, listening to my, Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a cool moment. And uh, something I have to uh, tease him about. He sure drinks a lot of water. <laughs> you think that's water? A lot of. He wasn't. Hmm? What? You think that's water? I think it was chugging a beer. What do you. Are you being. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was vodka. But no, he did. It was in a can. He did go to that. Well, he went to the well quite yeah. often, quite yeah. often, and was drinking. So maybe it wasn't water. Maybe it was alcohol. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, got him through. It looked like a beer to me. Yeah. I Although, I think I told you, I went, I, I'm not sure if I said this on the air or not, but I went to a show a while back, and my my we took our, our daughter with us. She's three. She asked for a water, and they brought a can of water, but it was a tall boy. And I and it looked just like a tall boy a beer, and I'm like, no, no, a water. She goes, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, no, a a water. I, I didn't know what she thought that I said. She goes, that's water, and I was like, what? And I looked down. Sure enough, it was water. I thought for sure it was a. beer. Do you get a picture of her holding that? No, uh-uh. 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 she was even kind of weirded out. She's like, yeah, I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it a lot. I liked the pacing of the show. And again, for some reason, the last 20 minutes where he himself was, he was loosening up where he was laughing at, again yeah. at the absurdity of all the stuff that he was talking about. I think it's a great special. I think if you're a Ricky Gervais fan, you're going to really, really love this Absolutely. one. Um, if you're not a Ricky Gervais fan, you probably won't like it. If you didn't see it, I don't think that you're missing a whole lot. So Agreed. I, I, I do think that if you, if you didn't see Dave Chappelle's, I mean, the last few stand-up comedy specials that Dave Chappelle has had they're worth checking out just because it it's you're right it is on a different wavelength it's it's something else beyond just stand-up comedy. Beyond, it's beyond stand-up uh, but I do think that this is a fine stand-up comedy release and there's a lot of really funny laugh out loud absolutely absolutely good it's you know it's hard to have a money shot yeah. Because, it, uh, so I guess with a joke, I guess a joke, Maybe. for me, I wrote down a joke as my money shot. Okay. So that's all I can come up with. There's no, obviously there's no scenes, no specific, it was all one set and so on. But when he's talking about the funeral and the woman was cremated and the, uh, the ashes, grandma, I, you know, and about the that wind. Was, that was the, my moment too. It's, 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 and the wind, the wind blew the ashes uh, into his face and, um, and the guy next to him, does it? Do the ashes taste bitter? Yes. And the person said, "Well, then that must have been her clitoris." And I just, I was just, and I was with a bunch of guys, and we all howled at that. I don't know why. So but I just, think like that—that's where he does start to get a little bit philosophical, talking about people hugging each other without hugging, and saying like, "This is how we hugged each other." Is you know, he came home, his grandma had died, he's very upset, and so he made this joke. At his friend's grandmother's expense, and his friend was like, "Oh, Rick! Like, what the fuck?" And he was like, oh, "That, yeah, it was a joke." And then they laughed over it, and then they they bonded. That was the way that you would comfort someone. That's how you would hug. Yeah. And but, I think that's as close as he gets to like a really deep philosophical. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Um, uh, underpinning. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. That was actually my right, the same. If, if I had to say a joke, that would be yeah, the one that, that came was the to one mind. that stood off for me. I know we laughed the hardest on that. So um, it was good. Was it anti-wave? Number one, it's, a, well, it's not really a documentary, but it's a film stand-up. So by that definition, it is somewhat. The things he spoke about were uh, 
Well, now wait. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he made fun of our institutions, uh, whether it was religion or the signs of the zodiac and things that society has embraced in one form or another. So he's very anti that. And uh, he had a few quips about trans, trans, trannies. Dare I say it? Excuse You've already me. said it once. Yeah. Transsexuals. You're talking about transmission. Transvestites. Oh. Transmissions. Transformers. Tra- okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I, it's interesting. I'm struggling with the question. So I'm still tempted to say, sure, it's anti-wave because the content of what he was saying and being a stand-up movie. Uh, but I'm going to suggest it was like a 6.5. What yeah. do you think? I, I would actually go a little lower. Uh, this feels like, this feels like a perfect five for me. Yeah. It's like a, um, well, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I'll, six, maybe I'll, six. I'll give it a six. Yeah. I would nudge it a little towards six. Yeah. What he says is provocative, but then that's stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy should be provocative. Um, it should be edgy. That's the whole point is to say things that people, you're, you're holding up a mirror to society and it's a funhouse mirror. It should be a little distorted. It should yeah. be, uh, it, it shouldn't. I think if you start making a bunch of like uh, Gator Dunn jokes, people start making fun of you. Going, mm-hmm. your comedy has no teeth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I do think it's maybe a, a little edgy. I don't think it's anything outside the, you know, the scope of of acceptability. He does make fun of the woke crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting? If there is no Dave Chappelle. And there were no Dave Chappelle specials. And if this was the first, a standalone, somehow this would have been even more provocative and edgy. It's really interesting that we were having a hard time talking about it without talking about Dave Chappelle. Well, how can you not compare contrast? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're very different comedians, very different Absolutely. Takes, but, but I think just the fact that they are both kind of outspoken on this issue, um, like basically pushing back against what is perceived to kind of be the death of comedy, this idea of being right. woke and 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 not offending anybody. And, and, you know, I've said this before on the show. I'm I'm I still subscribe to the philosophy that you cannot make any joke without making fun of someone. Yeah, yeah. You have to make fun of someone, even if it's a fictitious someone. It could be a no name someone. It could be making fun of yourself. But there has to be a victim at the end of a joke. There has to be. Why did the chicken cross the road to get on the other side? So the person that you're making fun of is a again a fictitious person, but it's a person who would think that right, there is a deeper right. meaning. I thought we we're making fun of the chicken. No, no, you're right. You're right. But it's yeah. you're making fun of, and that's why that the answer. That's is why people support. groan is yeah. they're going. Well, who yeah, would ever yeah, yeah. be confused yeah, by that? Yeah, and you yeah. go, well, yeah, no one would. That's why it's not funny. Yeah, all jokes have to do that. Yeah, yeah. You are making fun yeah. of. Yeah. In this case, it's probably the other person. It's you. You're an idiot. You thought I meant something other than what I meant. Right, right, So you are making fun of someone. Yeah. So I I just think that we've gotten to this point where if you're so worried about victimization of everyone, you will have no more humor. That's right. What did you see this week? Ah. No, 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 yes. you're doing it again. Robert. You're doing your, it again. No, you are. No, it really... Oh, you know what? You're right. 
But before you do that, before you do that, is there someone like sponsoring this particular segment? Do tell. Ira, I'm doing it again. He's doing it again. AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business transferring all of your non-digital media over to digital media. This is all of your old home movies, your old slides, your old negatives. Send this over to AVGearGuy.com. He'll transfer them for you. You can put them up on the web. Share them with your friends and family so you've got all that old stuff that wasn't transferred digital now. Mm. It's digital. Nice, nice. We're both clients of his. He's yeah. a great guy. Extremely reasonably priced. Less expensive than Costco. And you know what? If you j- State-of-the-art equipment. And if you mention a uh, our, our podcast, you get a 5% discount mm-hmm. off of what's on his website, avgearguy.com. And by the way, some are old, some are new. We now present The Week in Review. Oh. What did you see this week? I've been waiting a week to say this. You ready? Mm-hmm. It's an actual movie. Stalked by my sugar daddy. Oh, brother. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Did what it was supposed to oh, do. I bet it was. Yeah. Yeah. After I watched that, I then went on to another one called For My Daughter's Honor. Same thing, by the way. And the father finds out. Did that you the watch these real movies? <laughs> no, I'll get to that. That the daughter's having an affair with her high school English teacher. It was also known as, it has two titles. The other title was Indecent Seduction. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Why, isn't that enough? Mm-hmm. Stalked by my sugar daddy for my daughter's honor. Okay, one more. Here we go. I watched it again. Contact. Oh, yeah? We spoke about this movie before, and I want to say, I've always used the word ambitious, and I did think it was an ambitious film. Uh, Jodie Foster was was good. So was everyone else. And there you go again. That's another Robert Zemeckis. We've talked about him as as having a few gems, a few good, solid movies along the way, um, and a few misfires too. But somehow I enjoyed watching Contact more this week than I did when I first saw it in the theater. I haven't seen it probably since the theater. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's so what I saw. It was good? Yeah. What about you? What did you see? Uh, I saw a few movies that I'll just kind of zip through. Um, I, I saw... Okay. I saw Turner and Hooch. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I saw Splash. Well, you saw, well, well, you're having like a Tom well, Hanks Tom retrospect. Hanks. Yeah. How, how, well, Splash was his first feature film. You know, I'm interrupting you. Yeah. I saw Splash about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a sweet movie. Yeah, it was good. I thought it had heart. Yeah. Um. I also watched a documentary that the Foo Fighters made a while back. I'm not sure if you ever saw this, but it, it's called Sonic Highways. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, it's an HBO special. It was like 10 episodes, I think, where they go to all of these different cities. And each episode, they go to the city. They talk about the history of music in that city. And then they compose a song based off of these interviews that they've had with different musicians in that city. And kind of kind of an, a love letter to each city. Mm. They do like New Orleans, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, D.C., all of these different uh, – Seattle. They do all of these different cities and kind of talk about their, their music scene. And, um, and it's really interesting. I, I will say that the songs start to the, – the songs that they compose toward the end start to become very kind of repetitive. I think the Foo Fighters have lost their edge. Wow. And I know that that's not a popular viewpoint. Yeah. But a lot of the, the music, after the first, like – three or four albums it really becomes very like strikingly similar to each each other the songs are all kind of the same and uh, they're they're all kind of upper mid tempo they're not this like kind of punk edge that 
they had on their first album or two, and they've kind of lost some of that. But anyway, it was a good documentary, worth checking out. But something happened. Some you're going something happened. I want to talk about something else that uh, a movie that I saw. Yeah. So the other night, <clears throat> we had a family movie night. And we lowered down the projection, so we yeah, put the projector yeah. up, and we said, all right, we're going to watch a movie. And you watched Stalking My Sugar Daddy. We watched Stalking My Sugar Daddy, <laughs> but it was ST, ST, it was like a stalk, like a sugar cane stalk. Oh, that kind of stalk. Yeah, yeah like in Hawaii, about, we have the shot. Yeah, yeah, sugar yeah. cane stalking. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, we watched Holes, which, as a family, we, you know, have, have you seen? I Holes? never okay. saw Holes. It's no. actually really good. It's a good kids movie. It's a yeah. fantastic one. Madeline was enthralled and was getting kind of late. And when the movie finished, uh, producer Joey wanted to go to bed. So she went to sleep. And Madeline said she wanted to stay up and watch more movies. Uh-oh. A girl of my own heart. And I went, okay. So she stayed up late and just curled up with me. And we watched something else. And I said, okay, what about Dumbo? And she said, okay. So we watched Dumbo together, the new Dumbo. Oh, the oh Tom, the new, not the original with the, with the crows, no. with the three black crows. No. Okay. Uh, and so we watched Dumbo together. Both of the movies, I mean, I love Holes. That's a good one. Dumbo was okay. But what was really sweet was it was the first time that, like, I could tell she felt like she was sneaking, like, I could stay up late with Daddy. That's and, so cool. And watch the movie. And, I mean, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. We were watching this movie. And she watched the whole thing. And then when it was done, she was like, okay, bedtime. And she like went to bed. And it was a really wow. sweet father-daughter yeah. moment. Where yeah. We just kind of curled up on the couch. And she like kind of laid in the crook of my arm and watched this movie with me. And then she kept pointing like, what is that? What's happening? And kind of – she knew – she does that sometimes. Well, she'll ask like, what is something when she knows what's yeah. going on? And yeah. I'll even ask back like, I don't know. What is it? And then she'll say, that's Dumbo. Yeah. And yeah. She, she understands. But it was a really oh. great kind of sweet moment. While your wife was sleeping – then you have this wonderful father-daughter mm-hmm. bonding moment. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Over Dumbo. Yeah. Was that, t- was that Tim Burton he directed? That? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Tim Burton. Do you like Tim Burton movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Would you think Wait, you, you, don't th- you don't think I can name five right now, do you? Name five. Well, will you settle for four? <laughs> Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Juice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Anyway, Beetlejuice. Uh, oh, oh well, then we'll also talk about the Pee Wee Herman. He did the no. Uh, go back to Beetlejuice. Well, Beetlejuice. What? What about it? He directed that. Yeah. What, what do you give me a hard time for? No, I'm just saying what? that's yeah. a good one. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Beetlejuice. Yeah, am I mispronouncing Beetle? I'm not saying Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. What? Is there something here I'm not getting? Oh my god! I just got. Beetlejuice. Huh. Yeah. Juice. You know, Robert, I like juice. Yeah. I like grape juice. I like pineapple juice. I like apple juice. <laughs> what do you know? It's time for in the news. <laughs> you had to hit me over the head on that one. <laughs> At least I finally got it. All right. I'm going to start hacking up a long... This is the funniest part of the show is you not getting the cue. It takes a while. Well, you're so good at... at oh, well, thank you, Ira. You're so good at putting it within the context of what we're talking about <laughs> when I mentioned Beetlejuice and then the play on words. Okay, let's move on. You ready? Mm-hmm. I got a couple of points I want to share with you. All right. Hey, you were right. And I jumped on it when you said it. Okay. 
the Cinerama, Cinerama Dome just a few miles from here. Yeah. It's going to be fine. They're not going to level that. Yeah. Remember? And you even said, come on. It's just not going to happen. It's not being. Can you uh, imagine the outrage? Can you imagine? And all these people were writing letters and filmmakers were starting this whole protesting and this chant and so on. Well, the story broke just a few days ago. Cinerama Dome is going to be around for a long, long time. Right. They're not going to raise it. You know, it's funny the word raise when you raise something. I know. No, I've always. Robert. I've always had an issue with this because raise, when you like, you build it up, up. you build it up. But then there's like from the word razor, which you use to cut your hair, to shorten it, to make it lower. You raise a building. That means you destroy the building. You level the building. That's what raise means. Mm -hmm. I I never use that word. I always say level. Me too. Me too. Robert. Oh, we're still discovering things about each other. Cinerama Dome (laughs) Theater is being renamed, however. I don't know why they have to do that. It's now called the Cinerama Hollywood. I kind of oh, it's all better now. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? Why can't they just call it the Cinerama Dome the way it's supposed to be? No one's going to so, do that. No one's. Gonna, I mean, they're going to call it the Dome, Dome. Uh, the yeah. Cinerama Hollywood. Uh, there's going to be two restaurants, and uh, there's going to be one restaurant and two bars. They're going to serve alcohol. They have to do that, I guess. But they're serving alcohol now, and that was a big thing. They got the license to go ahead with that. And by the way, not only the Cinerama Dome standalone but as you know i think it's connected it's adjacent to it the 14 screen amc mm-hmm. is going to be fine that Wait, that's... No, no, no that was the that was the arc light that's right did uh, amc buy it oh uh, it's all going to be it's not going to be raised that's all i know oh but we don't know who who's going to i control i the can tell you the name of the development company which i didn't bother writing down but the 14 screen multiplex is there and it will remain as well as the cinerama dome okay yeah yeah there you have it much ado about nothing. Yeah, you know, all that brouhaha. I love that term. Brouhaha. That's the second time you've used this that word, this show. Brouhaha. Did I use it before? Yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah. Ha ha ha. Brew. You sent me a, a video that I, I really enjoyed watching. And I remember, what did I, I, send you? I was with you in the theater about a, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Probably, maybe it was like three years ago. And a movie was starting with that beautiful A24 logo. Yeah. And, and, I said, by the way, the logo, you talked to me about how it's white with color rainbow on the edges and how mm-hmm. that was done. I remember we talked about that. Right. And I made a comment about two years ago. What is this with A24? All of a sudden, they're at that time, they were pure distribution. They're like distributing everything right now. And there was a great video on A24 and the movies they're distributing and producing. They're now wearing... Uh, both hats, and you can really make this following generalization that if it's an A24 film, whether it's produced by them or distributed, it's going to be different. They're, it's different, and they're even different from one another, and it's going to be good. And I think that's a real reasonable statement to make. Yeah. And that is so true. And the video you sent me did a breakdown of what they felt were the best H24 movies. And Did you agree with the list? Oh, yeah. And again, let me rattle some off with Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Ex, I always mispronounce Ex Machina. Ex Machina. I yeah. did, right? I yeah. didn't say Ma- Ex Machina. Well, you did now. I, I did now. <laughs> Every Which Way All at Once. Uh-huh. Uh, the Green Knight. I'm not familiar with that. I'm, I never saw it, but I remember when it came out. I didn't see it though. Uh, Green Room uh, didn't didn't the Green Knight come out like right during the pandemic or Did something it? like that? I think it was around there. Um, the Green Room, Hereditary, mm-hmm. and and uh, Midsummer. I'm I've been Midsummer? seeing a lot yeah. about that. A uh, Moonlight. I forgot Moonlight was one of was theirs. Was twenty four? I really that? liked Moonlight. Yeah, you liked it more than I did. Mm. Man, that was a long time ago. That was like four years ago. Yeah, we talked about that. And my uncut gems. 
Uncut Gems. That's and great. I remember walking out of the theater with you and our buddy Eric was with <laughs> us. And I said, well, I guess we know who's getting the Oscar now. Yeah. He wasn't even nominated. Mm -hmm. He wasn't even nominated. He did get an Independent uh, Spirit Award. He though. did. That's right. Yeah. So, um, uh, Adam Sandler. But what a list of movies. So, uh, thank you for sending me that. I assume that you agree with these 10 that I just rattled off. Yeah, I'm not sure that I agreed with their placement, but mm -hmm. I, um, It Comes at Night was really yes. very strong. I love that film. Yeah. Look, I still remember a, a shot. I know I've talked about it once before where they're in the truck driving and the camera swirls around. It's all a tracking shot. It's, I just remember that, the intensity of that is shot. the epitome of a money shot. Yeah. It's, we haven't seen that movie since it came out. Yeah. But we still remember. And you know right where I am, yep. don't you, with that shot? Yep, absolutely. Also, Enemy. Yeah. Enemy was an A24 movie. And look at that film. I mean, I saw it again not too long ago. These I are, wonder if there are releases from A24 that we're just not discussing that are subpar. Hmm. Maybe they're just not getting the right. Maybe. Well, they weren't included in the video, mm -hmm. were they? Yeah. Yeah. But um, man, kudos to A24 yeah. there, as a distribution company and a production company. Hmm. Who died this week? Hmm. Got to tell you, unfortunately, we must. The following people, they didn't turn to dust. We lost a producer named Robert Katz, 79-year-old American film producer. He did Gettysburg. He produced that one. And uh, we oh. also lost, you know, I never heard of Mary Mara. That got quite a bit of buzz when she died. One. She's a TV actress oh. known for ER, but she was also in the feature films, <laughs> too. And she drowned. She drowned. Oh. Joe Turkel. I thought maybe he was related to Studs. Studs Turkel. Do you know that is Studs Turkel? Yeah. Yeah, but he's Studs not. Turkle? I thought he was. Turkel. Turkel. Oh, am I mispronouncing another last name? Turkel or Turkel? Nine-year-old American actor. This guy. Do you know what this guy is? He's an incredible character. He's with the following films. The Shining, which we just spoke about. Mm -hmm. Blade Runner. Paths of Glory. And he worked in a lot of Stanley Kubrick movies, including The Killing. And uh, and also he was uh, Dr. Eldon Tyrell in Blade Runner. Right. He's done so many things. And I got to... I like looking at these people and doing a little bit of research yeah. so I can talk it's intelligently definitely one of those people, about them. When you see him, you're like, oh, yes. that guy. Yes, he was 94 years old. Yeah. Not, you know, what a, what a life. The Corners Corner Silver Spotlight Award, I'm not giving it to Gene Hackman. He oh, died. I'm what? not giving it to Dick Van Dyke. He died. I'm not giving it to Bell Brooks. He died. Peppy Le Pew, not giving it to Lil Peppy. He died. But I am giving it. Peppy Le Pew die? It was canceled. Well. Oh, oh, how did he, yeah. Well, he was this guy rolled over by a tractor trailer oh, on the 101 freeway God, heading yeah. up to Oxnard. You know he's a cartoon character. Anyway, go ahead. Um, someone you never heard of. But, you know, film producers often, often, frequently are, I think, the unsung heroes as well as a film editor. We talked about people who don't mm -hmm. get the notoriety. And these people maybe shepherd a film as too, maybe that be too much, but they do obviously they often will get the rights to a film. Mm -hmm. They'll be involved with, with budget breakdown, sometimes even with casting. And they do a lot in molding a film. 72-year-old Duncan Henderson, film producer, master and commander, Far Side of the World, mm. Oblivion, Space Jam, A New Legacy. He also produced Earth Girls Are Easy, oh. which we spoke about recently, Dead Poets Society, and The Perfect Storm. So look at... I've seen all of those movies in the past year. Have you really? Yeah. It's really weird that you said That's all those. You saw Dead Poets Society yeah. recently? And Perfect Storm. I yep. know we talked Earth Girls Are Easy. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, that's really that's, weird. And Master and weird. Commander. Yeah. Yeah. That's Space kind of Jam, Oblivion. 
Um, any rate, that's where that you saw. I've, some I've not seen Space sim- Jam. Yeah, but all the other ones I've seen in the past year. Producer Duncan Henderson, 72, he passed away. Mm. Candle Corner, celebrity birthdays for the week. I just got two. You know, I want to mention Paul McCartney. Movies? Who? Sure, yeah. Who's obviously, we don't, but you know, let's not forget he did the James Bond music. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? Live and Let Die. Live, live and Let I saw him in concert. He's so, I saw him when he was in his mid-70s. How many sentences do you begin but never finish? I know, like this one right, anyway, let me go on. No, like this one right now. But I want to say that when he does Live and Let Die, it's near the end of the two hours. And he's got, his arms are outstretched, fireworks behind him. Live and let die. And it's like in his mid-70s. And you know what? He pulls it off. He rocks it. You're just looking at me right now. Yeah, I'm listening to you. All right, all right. But you know what else? Well, wait, you think I'm I'm judging? I'm, sometimes I'm, sometimes you mock me. I'm not mocking you. I'm smiling ear to ear listening to you Paul regale McCartney. me about Paul McCartney 80 shows. years old and going strong. And speaking of age, Mel Brooks. He's got eight? <laughs> oh. Age. You know what? He's 96. Wow. He's not. And you know, I, I'm pleasantly surprised he's still alive because his wife of course, died. And his best friend died, Carl Reiner. Yeah. And often when you lose your best friend and your spouse, but he's still plugging along at 96. How about that? Yeah, it's funny. When uh, when Carl Reiner died, I remember you saying like, well, Mel's going to go really. Going we soon. all thought Mel's going to die yeah, really soon, but he has. He's still around at, at 96. We wish them both a happy birthday. Hey, man, you want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Our top five this week is top five. Yeah, funny blokes. Funny blokes or blokettes. Blokettes. <laughs> that sounds like a, like the off-Broadway version of the Rockettes. Yeah, that's why I like it. A funny blokes in movies <laughs> who've, done, who've done movies. Yeah. All right. Any observations? Mine are mostly, I already said that, mostly I think mine male. are pretty straightforward. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to rock the boat. Did you come up with any animation or non-humans? I didn't. Mine are no. all people. I couldn't. Okay. All right. Go ahead. You, you, you start. I'm going to kick it off yep. with my number five. I really did make a concerted effort to get one lady in here. And I did come up with my number five, and I like her a lot. Tracy Ullman. Okay. And we associate her with television, obviously more TV. However, she's been in Bullets Over Broadway, which I, I liked a lot. She was into also in um, Into the Woods, The Prom, and did other movies too. Small Time Crooks, that was a Woody Allen movie. Mm-hmm. And she was really funny in that film. And I like her edge, her persona, and I put her in as my number five. My number five? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I just realized something. Not all of mine are English. They're from the UK. Well, wait a minute. Ireland, Scotland. So that's my question. Does yeah. that count if they're? If we they're didn't Irish say the British Isles. The British Isles, England. Well, you can say the island of. England. All right, I'll cut you some slack. You have you have an, a Scottish or an Irish? I don't know what. Well, I guess or I Welsh. Up. Those are the other countries. Yeah, I've got an I got an Irish guy. Wait, here. you have an Irish guy who's funny? Yeah. Yeah, there's some Irish guys that are funny. Yeah, like two. Liam Neeson. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> do you know who Chris O'Dowd is? No. Chris O'Dowd, he, just, he kind of just looks funny. But he it was in a movie called Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel. <laughs> I love the title. And Chris O'Dowd, he, he's, a, he's really funny. And it's um, he it's kind of a... Bill and Ted um, meet what's that the the group that does the uh, oh 
the end of the anyway mm. it's how do i describe this it's kind of a bill and ted but it's three guys and they are visited by anna ferris and she's from the future and <gasps> he falls in love with her and there's all she he starts traveling in time and messes up the, the whole space-time continuum he's trying to go back in time and, and fix it and make it straight and they kind of repeat the same scenario over and over again but he's trying to you know fix it and it's a little bit of like in back to the future where yes. he's watching himself yes you know in a sure. back to future part two where he's he can't disturb things that have already happened right. and it's you know comedy ensues chris o'dowd in particular really kind of pulled what's that. the name of this movie again? it's called frequently asked questions about time travel and it's a movie that i have to say i didn't know anything about until i started dating producer joey and she was like what about this movie and she had seen it. She really liked it, and I didn't hadn't even heard of it. And I was like, "Wow, this is really good." I was had she seen it prior? Yeah. She turned you on. She introduced you to a film. Yep. A really good one. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. That's when I was like, "Yeah, she's a keeper." Oh, she's the one. She's a keeper. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, frequently asked, frequently asked questions about time travel. You'd like it a lot. I think I would. I went with some of the classic guys, and I had to include Charlie Chaplin. Who? I wonder if he's on your list. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. English. Uh, sit, obviously, with Modern Times and City Lights, The Great Dictator, and so on. Really important films. And again, I did some research. I didn't realize that he he produced, wrote, directed, edited, and starred in many of his films. How about that? Yeah. Or wore all five hats. So he's my number four funny bloke. And, and the pathos... That's what I like. Mm-hmm. The humor and the little tramp pathos, the emotional stuff. Speaking of pathos, mm-hmm. somewhat, and there is a little bit to, like, the funny bloke has got to have a little bit of pathos mm. to him, right? I think so. I think that it's really kind of remarkable because it's become shtick at a certain point. But there is something so pathos-filled about Hugh Grant. And I feel like every movie that guy is in. Are you kidding? No, I'm absolutely serious. You have Hugh Grant down for number four. I do. What the fuck? (laughs) There is one movie in particular where he's really funny. He's charming. He's hilarious. And it's not love, actually. Funny blokes. Yeah. Hugh Grant. Yeah. You're saying that because he picked up that prostitute on Sunset. That's exactly why I'm saying it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. 2002, About a Boy. It's a real sweet film. It really is. It's, no, I saw that in the theater. It's a nice movie. Yeah, and he's funny in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, not He's not somebody to come to mind as a funny bloke. I would agree. I would agree. But you know what? He pulls it off. Yeah. He's he's charming. But he in is that charming. movie in particular, he's funny in yeah. that movie. Wow. Well, this is interesting. I stand by my choice. Yeah. Can you agree with the premise that Hugh Grant is always the same? He's got that aw shucks, gee whiz. He's always doing that. Yes, except for this movie because yeah. he's kind of yeah. edgy yeah. in that movie. Yeah. He's kind of like, um, uh, like he's, how do you say it? Like he, he's kind of like, he's kind of a, a curmudgeon almost. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? Good. My number three, Marty Feldman. Oh. Marty Feldman was born in England, yeah. and of course, the first thing that comes to mind is Young Frankenstein. By the way, did some research. I didn't know this, but he did have what's called Graves' disease, and that makes your eyes bulge. Isn't that interesting? 
Um, and uh, he was wonderful in Young Frank. He did a lot of other stuff too, especially in England. A lot of television, a lot of TV, and a lot of movies. And there's just generally something very funny about him. And uh, and what hump? What hump? Two things. Yeah. One, did you know that the song, the Aerosmith song, Walk This Way, was taken from... No. Yes. From Young Frankenstein. That that inspired... They went out to lunch. They had this riff, (laughs) and they, they, uh, they went out for a break. They went to... They were recording in Times Square. They went to see Young Frankenstein, Uh. and they were talking about it all the way back into the studio, and they mentioned, they said, they were talking about, like, what's the funniest line? And they were talking about that line of like, walk this way. And they were kind of making fun of that line. And wow. Then said, but that would make a good name for a song. But and look how they song. turn him, walk this way. They, mm-hmm. they changed the energy of the line, that's for sure. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's the first thing. Second thing is, I think we might have approached this slightly different. Because you're picking famous, like funny blokes. I'm picking funny blokes in a movie, in a particular movie. So with your five, you have a, a film assigned to each yes. person. Well, I could do that too. No, that's okay. No, 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 no. Uh, Tracy Ullman, I'm going to say Small Time Crooks for Charlie Chaplin. I'm going to say mm, City Lights for Marty Feldman, Young Frankenstein. Now here's where this starts to come. This is, here's the rub. Here's where, um, Here's why it's such an important distinction for me to make. That I'm not picking the person, I'm picking the movie. Well, you're picking the role. Right. You're going with the role. I'm going with the person. Exactly. Interesting. Who fucked up? Neither. Neither. neither Just a different interpretation. Yeah. Because my number three is an American. Putting on a a British accent. Yes. I like where you're going with this. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to figure this out. Okay. You knew what you could see my wheels. Okay, let's back up. A, am I familiar with this movie of which you're going to reference? I've seen it. Yes. And I like it. Yeah, I I think so. I think you like it a lot. So we have a um, an American guy putting on a British accent. Not the lead in the film, but a central character. I want one more hint. Um, I'll give you a few more. Movie is from 2001. Um. And it is a very loose remake of a movie from the 1960s. Huh. The person putting on this fake accent, male? Yes. And it's done in a comedic way, isn't it? Yes. Is it done for a reason in the storyline? Does it? No. No, it's not, which makes it even funnier. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. Don Cheadle. <laughs> Give me a look. In Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah, we approach this in a different way. We, we do. <laughs> so wait, what does he do in Ocean's Eleven? He's like the, <laughs> the cockney, like, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it'd be great working with other proper uh, criminals over here. And his, notoriously, his accent is awful in that movie. That's very funny. And they made fun of it in subsequent sequels but his character definitely picked you know up. i actually like the way we interpret it differently I, I really like what you yeah, just like did it. that's cool that's cool that's funny that was my number three that's very funny all right well going along with 
my lens, my filter in our top five, funny blokes, how can I not include Stan Laurel mm-hmm. of Laurel and Hardy? You know, did you I, put Hardy in there? Yeah, well, no, because no, oh. he's an American. Oh. oh. God, what a history. He did so much. You know, they did, as a team, 101 shorts. 101 shorts before one, the One feature. for every Dalmatian. One for... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see that with Glenn Close? No, I never saw mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I saw it. Um, Stan Laurel is my number two funny bloke. My number two is from 2004. Simon Pegg in which one? Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I was hoping. It, yeah, yeah, I have him down as a scoop. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I love Shaun of the Dead as a movie. Me too. I just, it, I just love it. I think it's the best thing he's done. I agree. I agree. It's there's a lot of really good moments in it. Yeah. And he said recently in that one Mission Impossible movie, and I thought he was kind of I don't know playing the goofiest. It just didn't. But Shaun of the Dead was mm-hmm. so. Shaun of the Dead was fresh. It was just fresh and fun. All right. That's good. Do you, do you hear I th- a, a, yeah, a, my we, daughter talking uh, about We it? all do. Yeah. So do all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know what? Right now, cut to the three Ethiopians. Oh, what that noise we hear? Wow. <laughs> wow. Don Cheadle would be ashamed of you. What that noise we hear? What's your number one? All right. Now, I... I I didn't realize my number one was born in England. I did not oh, know okay. that. I did not know that. Sasha Baron Cohen. You didn't know that. Did you know he, you knew he was British, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, not just for Barat, and that's what that's the movie I'm associating with to say funny bloke, obviously. Barat. He did so many other characters too. And without the shtick, without the accent, he was in Les Miserables and so many other films too. And he's um and I like who he's married to. Mm-mm-mm. Who's he married to? Fisher. You didn't think I knew that, did mm-hmm. you? You're like you're like throwing me under the you're tempting to throw me under the bus. No, I'm just yeah. Miss Fish Miss Fisher. What's her first name? I knew you're gonna say that. It begins with an I. Mm-hmm. Is it Isla? Ida? Isla. What's her first name? Just mumble it. Just do like Fisher. Fisher. Yeah. There you go. What is it? Uh, anyway, she's hot. <laughs> Sasha Barra Cohen is indeed a funny bloke. Yeah. And I'll link him to Borat. He was one of my scoops as well. Is that right? I would have said Ali G. I always like the Ali G character yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what else? You- my number. One, oh, your number one. My number one is actually. I, I was thinking about it this week. I think it might be my favorite English film, and it's a film that I think most people kind of thought of as a little disposable. But there's something about the heart of this movie. And I don't know if you remember, but there was a time period from about, I'm going to say like 95 to 2001. There was like a five or six year period where all of these English films that were coming out were really, really good. We're getting, it was like an English wave of movies that were coming out. It was train spotting. And then there was, um, uh, you know, which kind of had a, a, a funny edge to it. Um, even though it was kind of a it drama. Did? It did. It had some, there was some really mm-hmm. perverse humor that was in it. Um, it was a kind of comedy. There was um, Waking Ned Divine. I love that movie. A great movie. I fell in love with that film. And I think there, there was a whole uh, Billy Elliot. All this whole like slew right. of films that came through around that era. Um, even Bridget Jones Diary, stuff like that. But for my money, and I, people kind of laugh when I say this, but I think this might be my favorite English film. Wait. Yeah. Have I seen it? I don't know. Have I heard of it? Yeah. 
Yeah. One hint, please. Just one. Strippers. I watched it three... You gave it to me. You sent me home with it. Yeah. And I watched it. You didn't give it to me, but I had to bring it back to Uh you. Um, uh, It's an expression, too. The the title of the movie is an expression. Yes. Let me just... It's it's like showing all the goods. That's sort of what the title means. Showing all the goods. Um, I'm so close, aren't I? I yep. uh, just a second, just a minute. It's three words. Yeah, I know. The, the um, yeah, the blank blank. Uh, good, full Monty. The full Monty. You know what? I still got it. You still got it. Whew, I'm tired. I need a nap. <laughs> that movie. Talk about heart. I love that movie. Yeah. And yeah. I want to say all of them were really funny in a kind of also believable way, and they all had. They all were kind of sad and tragic in a way too. That movie is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. It's underappreciated. Agreed. And I, I get what people might think it's disposable, and perhaps it is, but it's like, fuck, man, that's a that, that's a really nice, well-crafted piece of art that is, it's a popcorn, but it's also got some independentness to it. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Of course I do. It all kind of wraps up in a yeah. way that's like, all right, you know, whatever. We'll kind of go along with it. But fuck if it's not. Yeah, just, yeah. It just really captures something. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. Nice. Scoop. You have any answers? I have a few scoops. Well, again, I'm just going to rattle off funny blokes, not okay. the movie. Peter Sellers. I don't know if you're familiar with Terry Thomas. I liked him a lot. He was in Mad, 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 I, Mad World. I knew Peter Sellers was going to be on somebody's Yeah, show. it had to be. Uh, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, uh, what's his name? Rome, Rowan Atkinson, something Rowan like Atkinson? that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have Simon Pegg. Also, uh, John Cleese, Eric I Idle. Say, why didn't you say John Cleese? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I yeah. was surprised. Eric, Eric, yeah, yeah. Stephen Fry. I thought you like Stephen Fry I do like a lot. Stephen Fry. And I was wondering if he'd be on your list. Dudley Moore. And then I thought, this is me being Ira, the Spice Girls. I think there are five blokes. Their movie was Their movie, good. I love, and I almost put them in, I almost put them as number five. I almost put them as number five, but I went with Tracy Williams and said, those are my scoops. You know, another person who I almost put on my list was Brad Pitt. Huh? From Snatch. When he, have you seen Snatch? No, no. Oh, he plays. I wouldn't see it because the title, I found it very offensive. (laughs) What? What? What are you laughing at? I would not go see that movie. I'm surprised you'd go see it. (laughs) You're right. With a title like that. Yeah. Huh. You find that humorous for some reason. I don't understand why. It's yeah. just humorous that um, yeah. that someone yeah. would ever dare to go see that such a I horrendous title. In fact, I boycott it. You can see him out in front of the theater holding placard. Anyway, yeah. uh, I in the sequel, Pussy Cunt. I mean, can you believe? <laughs> no, but Snatch. Seriously. So, what is Snatch? Uh, what's the sentence premise on that movie? It's a heist movie. It's a there's. It's about a. Oh, d- it's that kind of Snatch. Yeah. Oh, you're like snatching something away. Yeah. Oh. But I think it's also a little bit of a yeah. Oh, sexual connotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Brad Pitt actually plays um, a, like an Irish. He plays a gypsy. I think he's Irish, but it's like he's a gypsy, and no one can understand what the fuck he's saying That's the funny. entire movie. That's really funny. And he's really funny in the in the movie. He plays a fighter, and he's kind of the comic relief in the movie. And it, it's one of the best things I've seen Brad Pitt do. Brad Pitt for me is really hit or miss. Like. I, I find him to be a really talented actor, and sometimes he's great. Other times it's a little like, eh, eh, whatever. But I think, like, I don't know. That's one of the best roles he's done. He's really good in that movie. We talked about Leonardo DiCaprio. I was just thinking the same thing. He's not I, a good actor. 
we've talked about this before. I don't, there are a handful of actors. I don't understand why they're popular. I don't get it. And he's in that category for me. And I would normally say, so is Adam Sandler Mm -hmm. with those shtick comedies. However, obviously the, what we, the movie we mentioned a little while ago was an exception, but I don't understand why certain people, Will Ferrell, He's funny, but it's shtick, like, shtick. I yeah. don't like the shtick. It's always. Did um, you ever see Punch Drunk Love with Adam Sandler? I watched it. You, we watched the ending with you with a kiss. Was oh, that, that's not the ending. Oh, that's like what am middle. I think? That's in the middle of the movie. Oh, yeah, I, fam- might, I might have made you. Watch you had that, that down for your famous cinema kisses. Yeah. That kiss. It's not the end, is it? No, it's like the middle of the movie. God, that it's lovely. The colors. Yeah. That movie, I'm telling you what, like he. I should see that movie. It's really. I, good. I think I would like it. Is it Paul Thomas Anderson? Yep. It's the best Paul Thomas Anderson I, movie too. Whoa! Uh, I, I, and I stand by that. I know that's quite a statement. I know people Better love than Boogie Nights. Yep. I know yeah. people love Boogie Nights. Yeah. They love uh, yeah. Magnolia, yeah. but I, I really think that's the better movie. I'd like to see that film all the way through. Um, what else? So it was for scoops. That was yeah. I think that, I said it. Um, 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 um yeah. I should have put Spice Girls in. Even though we interpret it in a different way, I kind of like that. Yeah. It was fine. Funny blokes or well, blokettes. If people have some blokes or blokettes, yeah. what should they do? They should reach out to us how? and let us know who they are. Well, yeah, well, how, how can Through they our email. Oh, which is? Robert at antiwaypodcast.com. Oh, or Ira. And slash or Ira at com. Or you can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwaypod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the offensive punchlines in Ricky Gervais's comedy shows, we are all oh, over the good. place. That was good. That was good. Yeah. You can find us on Google Podcast Music, on Spotify. Go to iTunes. Go to our website. Those, write, oops, a sorry, write a review. <laughs> write a review. <laughs> Those a few bucks over at Patreon help get the sprocket holes moving. Ira, mm. next week. What are we doing? What are we doing? You know what we're going to see? I think. Are we finally? We are? We're doing Is it. Is it what I was hoping for? Mm-hmm. Tell us the title. You know what we're going to see? I think it's got this incredible group. The Talented you Mr. Know, Ripley. I have never seen this film, and I am so friggin' excited. Look at the cast these people are. I hear it's really a well Put together film with a terrific cast, beautiful cinematography. Simon Pegg. Um, the Spice Girls. <laughs> I'm having an orgasm. Paul McCartney. <laughs> Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Dave no, Chappelle. But even even Gwyneth is in this movie. Yeah. Gwyneth, and, Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow's in this movie. I'm I'm really looking forward to Jude seeing this. Law. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon. Matt Damon is in it. No. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to seeing this film. Wow. Good. Me too. Let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Joey! Woo, 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 woo! Hey, man. Yeah. What do you want to do now? Let's eat some tacos. Tacos? Yeah. Am I invited over for dinner? No, I'm saying that we're going to eat some tacos. You should leave. We'll help you sort them out. (laughs) I didn't even say my line. I know. Hello, my name is Angelina, and I really like Brad.